Well, good morning to each one. It's good to see each one of you that's here. Like Leland mentioned, there's quite a few missing various places, which is so so often the case in the Willamette Valley in the summertime. But it's good to see each one that's, that is here. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Malachi, the third chapter, So if you looked at this, well, you didn't know which verse yet, but verse 7 there, starting, probably get an idea what the message is about. Um, Just like to look at this thing of tithing, giving of alms, I guess you could call it, we call it an offering. They're all correct to a certain extent. Um, I just think it's once again I feel like this this was born out of a necessity in my own life something that I would like to take more seriously and realize the importance of it what I wrote there on the board I think probably is a key to looking at this through the right lens. If we don't start by realizing that everything that we have, that we possess, is a gift from God, it's going to be very difficult to have a giving spirit. So I will refer to that off and on throughout to bring us back to what I feel is is very important, and that is that everything that we have is given to us by God. It is actually not ours to begin with. Malachi 3, verse 7. I'll read 7 through 10. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I think these are fairly familiar verses to all of us, but just as a springboard here, I thought 
these these verses brought out. I realize this is Old Testament teaching here, and I'll get to some of that later of new versus old in relation to tithing and giving. But here I, I believe that the promise for us, just like the prophet was trying to tell the children of Israel here that had fallen away from bringing their sacrifices, bringing their tithes. Um, from what I understand, in the temples in those days, they, they actually had what they call a storehouse in them temples that people would bring their, not necessarily money, but it was usually um, meat for the sacrifices because that was that was a really big deal at this time. Um, their agricultural fruit, their grains, and all that that consisted of. But obviously here there was there was some backsliding going on of of what these people were bringing to the storehouses, and the prophet was warning them. And in verse ten, that's actually the title of the message is bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse and the promise that goes along with that I I believe is just as relevant to us here today as it was to these people at the end there it says and prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it Probably many of us have experienced a time in our life where we're giving, we gave, um, offering or whatever it was, help the needy, help someone in need one way or another, that we have felt, we have felt the blessing of God come upon us in, from sharing in that way. So I think it's a very, it's a very real thing and but there again, not to get confused with giving because only because we're seeking a blessing, but to give because everything that we have is a gift from God. <clears throat> Tithing is is simply it's simply uh, like when we tithe and bring give money. Or our, or, or our offering, it's simply an expression of thanks and dedication to to God. That is that is what it is. And when we think of this, the word tithe, as we all know, is simply from the old English root of a tenth, ten percent. And so that's really all tithing means. It's just simply ten percent. Um. I'll get to that more of that later of the significance of that for for us today. But here in, in Malachi it's referring to the system that was instituted um by the law of God through Moses in Deuteronomy twelve verse six, if you want to look at that sometime. But that's simply what this is referring to is it was a law of God brought through Moses, and if you there's various places where Abraham, Jacob, 
and our forefathers, they gave tithes. So it was something that, it was very important in that day. And I guess the question comes now, is tithing, um, is, it, is it an Old Testament principle that no, no longer applies to us today? How do we feel about that? I know that is, I've heard some controversy around that. I think it's usually just an excuse to not give our money. And and yes, it's true that it is an Old Testament principle. But I think that there there are many practices in the Old Testament that maybe don't always make sense to us today. But I believe that I believe that they're they're there for a reason. They're in the Word of God for a reason. Furthermore, the idea of tithing is actually still present in the New Testament. In Matthew 23, verse 23, the words of Jesus, I'll just read that quickly here. It's the one time that Jesus himself references tithes. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. So here he's simply saying to the scribes and Pharisees that you're making way too big a deal out of tithing instead of the, of calls it here, uh, judgment, mercy, and faith. But notice that he doesn't say, so don't worry about tithing anymore. He says, do that. Don't leave it undone. And so them are, that, them are Jesus' words there. So is it important? I, I would say that it is. And we'll see more on that later here. Although in, in the New Testament it never really explicitly applies it to believers, this thing of tithing, I, I would say that it's it's more a, more of a calling to us as Christians to have a free will for free will giving in in response to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. That that would be our response to um, the gift, not only the gift of Jesus Himself dying on the cross for us, but in many ways just the gifts that He gives us as His children. It's not necessarily a required pay your 10% and go on your way. It becomes much more of a heart issue in the in the New Testament. Now, if you want to turn to 2 Corinthians 9, and we'll get some more thoughts from this, from there. Let's 
Second Corinthians chapter nine. We'll look at verses six through thirteen. I'll just start in verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purposeth, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Verse 11, Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this, of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whiles by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. Like I, like I mentioned a few moments ago in the New Testament here and in in what we're seeing here of Paul to the Corinthians I believe it becomes much more of of an internal attitude an attitude of the heart maybe you could say this thing of being aware of the needs around us and giving it's it's over and above the law I would say that at this time I would just say that that the 10% rule is probably a minimum and I don't think that we're necessarily going to be blessed just because we eke out 10% of our weekly wages in church on Sunday morning. I, I realize that's a, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good starting point. But I think that what Paul is looking at here and what, he, what he's trying to tell the Corinthians here is that it's it's not only the giving of the offering to your local church body, but it's more than that, and it's for the saints abroad. So that's why we have we have uh, different programs around and organizations that we can give to. And although I think that our local church should be our first place that we give. The word alms comes up here and there. Um, I think that is... I think the, the word alms, I think I, I looked it up in the dictionary and it's simply, it's gifts that we give to the poor. So, it actually basically means the same thing as any money that we give to help out wherever there's a need. Notice verse 7 here. I want to notice this verse the most out of these verses we read. It says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. What do you think that 
that uh, means by purposeth in his heart. Why does he point? Why does he give that word here? And I think it simply means at some point in our life we must, as Christians, as God's children, we have to decide that giving is part of who we are. Until we decide that and we just kind of go with, well, when I have a little extra, you know, I'll see if I there's a need for it. I think we all would agree that at that point, you're probably not going to ever give very much money or time or whatever it is. We have to purpose in our heart that we're going to give, that it's, we have to make a purpose in our heart that it's important to us because everything is a gift from God. And we don't want to rob God. We, we read that in Malachi. That, that is a way that we can rob God of what's rightfully His. And if you look at it that way, it's actually a little more serious that it's not ours. That's why we view everything as a gift from God because... Or I should say that's what helps our to helps us to have the right perspective is that it's not ours to begin with and we rob him of what is rightfully his. So I feel like it's very important. The next place in that verse there it says so let him give not grudgingly. And why do you think that's pointed out there? Well, Obviously, the Corinthians here had some of the same problems that I have or you have sometimes. And that's that, you know, we worked really hard to get to where we're at. And we're not about to just start spreading our money around to those who need it because after all, they can figure out how to take care of themselves. I, I think he's saying here, don't, don't be that way. Don't be grudging about it. I think that an example of that is in Mark 12, we know where the widow gave her last coins in the offering. I won't take time to read that, but Jesus was there and he he sees the widow come through and she throws in a few coins into the offering there. And he said she actually gave more than all the other people that were giving their offering because she gave everything she had. And he made he was making a teaching point out of that. I don't believe that widow gave grudgingly. And I also believe that she believed, like in Malachi, it says that, that God would open up the windows of heaven and bless her. He'll take care of her even though she gave everything. We've heard this saying many times it's not how much we give it's how much we keep for ourselves and that is something good to remember and is very true that's what god sees how much do we keep for ourselves the end of verse 7 it says for god loveth a cheerful giver the greek word for cheerful there is hilarious and if I understand it right, that, that is where we get our English word hilarious. And that makes that kind of hilarious to think of it in that way, that we're supposed to be hilarious givers. Um, 
or simply joyful and that there again don't don't be grudging about it like i don't think we're going to receive a blessing if we barely can make ourselves give i think that's a there's a heart issue there when that when that's the way it is so just think about that next time you next time you give verse 12 there i mentioned how paul mentions distributing to the other churches, the other saints. It says, For the administration of, of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. I think that's what he's referring to, is not just giving our tidy little 10% in our local church Sunday morning, but be, thinking bigger than that, like thinking... I realize that sometimes them offerings go and they're distributed, which is good. Um, but I think we need to be aware of more than that. Have a giving heart. Make it a way of life. Tithing or alms, whatever you want to call it, I said this before, is, is a matter of the heart. Matthew 6.21, it says, Where your treasure is, there where your will your heart be also. I believe that as a whole, the Anabaptist people have done very well in, in this thing of giving. I believe that by and large they're very they're very giving and, and have distributed well. Especially when you think of the way different nonprofit organizations have done, maybe more so in in the later years here, and you know like CAM or Anabaptist Financial, and many more. There's many many out there. They are blessed with more money than they know what to do with, and that that is a fact. They have they have just. God has opened the windows of heaven to a lot of these organizations for whatever reason. And there could, I say other reasons, I'm not sure why all, to be honest with you. There could be more, there could be some pain that comes along with these things when it comes to to all this money. But, but, I guess what I'm looking at or referring to more here today is, you know, ourself, looking at ourself and our giving program, if you want to call it that way. Um, so for the rest of this, this message, I just want to look at that in a little more depth. Let's go beyond the tithing and the 10% and whatever all that represents and just focus simply on our own heart. And how we view and handle money, finances, that God has given us to use. Everything is a gift of God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're simply stewards of its resources. From what I understand, the Bible mentions money over 800 times, which is a lot. And of all Jesus' parables that he gave many of them he talked about money why do you think this is i believe 11 out of 
don't know if it was 69 parables. I can't quite remember now. Um, or 39, I'm sorry. But why do you think that Jesus talked about money so much? From what I understand, he talked about it more than heaven and hell combined. He talked about it more than everything except the kingdom of God. I just believe it's it's simply because it trips mankind up so much. It is the main thing that trips us up. It has to do with with pride and individualism and everything, materialism. You know, it's all connected to that that thing of what is mine. It's not God's. It's mine, and I worked for it. One more thing, back to the tithing and the ten percent or more. I think it just simply is a sign that when we can release ten percent or more of our own finances, of our money, our wages. And I just simply, I simply means I think it means that it's an outward sign of a heart that recognizes that things are God's to begin with. That we we it's a it's a sign that we realize that God is in control of our finances. Remember the promise in Malachi again. When we give, He will open up the windows of heaven and give us more than we can know what to do with. I also think that God's gifts this morning are only limited by our capacity to accept them, or receive them, I should say. God's gifts are only limited by our capacity to receive them. I think that our attitude and our our attitude toward money, finances, and and I think most of the time when I say money it can go beyond money to material possessions. But I think it tells us more about ourselves than anything else. Or you could say it tells other people more about ourselves than anything else. There's many times when people can seem very sincere and down to earth and humble until you touch something to do with their money and things can change quite rapidly. Sometimes I I think that's a sign of what is in the heart. What are some of the things that that keep us from giving like we should? I'll just refer now to giving to our local church when the offering basket is passed. What are some of the things that would keep us from wanting to share in that way? I think there's different things. Probably one of one very common one is just simply that we can't afford to give. I've heard that before where there's not money left over at the end of the week to give to the offering. Well, probably, especially in these times that we're in, 
Um, I think there's many times in the scriptures where it's it's uh, referred to as a first fruits. I think maybe that's the mistake we make too often is we give after all the other bills are paid. And so many times there's not much left over. But I think that if we set aside what we feel like we need to give, and hopefully that's at least 10%, if we set aside that, that is where the promise of God comes in that we will be taken care of. Just try it once. Maybe another reason we don't have anything left to give is because we're leveraged too much with payments. I think nowhere in the Scripture does is debt looked at as a positive thing. And I'll I'll just say that I have debt myself, and it's not, but it's something that we need. We how we view it, I think, goes a long ways, and in in, uh, in what it means to us or how it affects us. I think that we should get rid of it as fast as absolute possible. Just because of things like when we're leveraged with debt, we can't help people. We can't help each other. Um, you know, whether it's car payments or whatever it is, it's just, it keeps us, in some ways, it's kind of selfish because it just keeps us to where there is nothing left over but, but our own needs. Um, are met, and that's about it. The Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender, and that's what that means. It makes us a slave to our money instead of it being a blessing to us. Another thing that happens maybe sometimes to keep us from giving like we should, and that's that we don't trust how the funds are being distributed and I've heard that here and there I'm not sure what all to say about that besides we probably aren't in the right place if we can't trust where our money is used Um, I think that's probably a bigger deal than we would like to make out of it it's not a good sign you know, it basically speaks of of controlling. We're we're controlling still. We have not let go of it because we're not sure it's going to be used how we would like to see it used. Because after all, we did work pretty hard for it. Um, another one is I don't really need to give to my local church because I give to other organizations, and there's plenty of that. There's plenty of those to give to, and there's no there there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I don't think it should be an excuse that we don't give to support our local church and keep the lights on and the school operating, just because we think we're above that and we give in other areas. It's hard for us to to remember this morning, at least me, that poverty in America is, is actually a real thing. And 
I think it would maybe affect how we view our our stuff, our money a little bit more if we would just think of it, think about those things a little more, um, be aware of them. So you have the poverty and you also have what I talked about a little bit earlier and that's people that are leveraged with debt. I believe currently there's 15.84 trillion in in household debt in America today. And that has went up significantly just in the last year. But along with that, household incomes, I believe, are north of 80,000, the average income, which has went up a lot too. Um, so it's just a matter of priority. I don't think we're I don't think any of us here are in the shape or have a good excuse to not give for the needs that are around us. I think that along with that I feel like it's commanded in scripture. I just think there's something about simply giving money to an offering wherever that is, on a regular basis. And along with that, teaching it to our children, teaching the importance of giving, I feel like that maybe is lacking just a little bit, probably me as much as anyone, but it's kind of interesting how what your children bring from Sunday school classes and who gives money and who doesn't, and I'm not here to judge anybody on it, but... Is it important or not? I don't I think that I think we're missing a very very important part of teaching if our children don't think it's important to give to whatever offering they can at any time. I don't even think the amount is not important. It's just that they learn how to part with money and that they're giving back because everything is a gift from God. I think it'll help in their older years. Along with that, you know, maybe sometimes um, there's, we kind of look at certain groups in our church that that's where all the money comes from. And that's probably not all wrong and probably the way it always will be. But I think that every individual, every member of a church, I think should realize the importance of it and that it doesn't really exempt anyone right down to youth boys, youth girls. Um, I'm sure I didn't always do it the way I should have when I was younger either, but I think for the most part I was taught that it's important. And I just think that if you want to be blessed, if you want extra money, have a giving heart. You'll be surprised. Remember the promise. God will open up the windows of heaven. If we have a giving heart, be joyful about it. Matthew 6 verse 3 says, "Not Let not your left hand know what your right hand doeth. And I don't know for sure what all that means besides, to me that kind of throws the 10% out the window a little bit, although I, I don't think that's a bad thing to use. But, 
it, we're, we're supposed to just give as we feel like God is leading us to give. And probably that's much more than what we naturally want to give. Do all to the glory of God. One thing I thought about in relation to this giving thing is I don't know how you all feel about benefit auctions. I have my thoughts on it and I don't don't necessarily think they're all correct, but um, I think we better be very careful that we don't go to benefit auctions and our wallets get really thick and we're we just love to bid things up and give the money. And there's something about seeing a couple heavyweights vying back and forth on a bid that is not, I don't think it honors God in some ways. It's not, you know, what is what is underneath, what is, it's so visible to people and it says we're supposed to do it in secret. That's probably the the one thing that really would bother me about it is it's so public and I don't believe the Bible teaches that. That is doing it to be seen of men. And I realize that organizations need money and it's for good causes. I just think it's something to think about and consider next time you're tempted to, when you find your part in one of them and you're tempted to just get a little bit carried away with the bidding. Is it honoring God or isn't it? Keep proper perspective of the resources that God has gifted to us. I think I said about enough for that. Everything is a gift from God. Remember that. In 1 Corinthians, in closing... First Corinthians 10, verse 24, it says, Let no man seek his own, but another man's wealth. <clears throat> and I've thought about that before um, and wondered about it a little bit. And I'm not sure exactly what all it means besides I think the attitude that we would have is that we don't just look out for ourselves. And that is at the core of giving if it's always me first, we will never be a giving person. And I think that simply saying, you know, mentions wealth. I think it can go beyond financial wealth, but also spiritual wealth. And it speaks of unity and brotherhood. Let no man seek his own, but another man's wealth. <clears throat> I hope this can be an encouragement to you. I don't I'm not bringing this as that we're doing it all wrong and that we our offerings need to jump up more. It's it's just something to think about and and realize the importance of everything we have is a gift from God. And I know it's been both convicting and good for me to, to look at this again and and just Get in perspective, get the right perspective of life. And in some ways, I thought about with the funeral that was 
there yesterday and that baby passing. It's just, it's, it's always interesting to me how quickly things come in perspective when you hear news like that. It, it makes anything to do with finances seem so fickle and non-important. Um, because at the end of the day, we will, we will leave everything that we have accumulated. We will leave it right here on the earth and it will be, it'll be scorched, burned to nothing. And so hopefully that can be an encouragement to you. Thank you for your attention. God bless. Were you going to close, Leland?